Today, on the latest episode of the All Things Pizza podcast, I speak with Dan Carney, the co-founder of Pizza Hut, a little restaurant chain you might have heard of. Let's do this. So I recently came across an obituary for Frank Carney, who, along with his brother Dan, founded Pizza Hut in Wichita, Kansas back in 1958. Uh, I decided to give Dan a call to see if I could uncover any stories from the man behind one of the most notable franchises in the world. Uh, We spoke about opening the initial Pizza Hut shop with a small $500 loan from his mother, Uh, the decision to ultimately sell the company to Pepsi, uh, and what his relationship was like with his late brother, Frank. Let's have a listen. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dan. Um, I'd love for you to take me back to to 1958. You were in your your late 20s. How did you and your brother decide to start a pizzeria? I'll tell you what, I... I was in the service, and I'd gotten out of the service to work at Boeing and going to school, but I'd always wanted to be uh, in business for myself, and uh, I prayed a lot about it as far as uh, finding something that I could get into. We had a family had a grocery store, and I was working in a grocery store. Next door to that was a the original pizza, which was in a, a bar. And uh, the landlady walked in and said, you see this Post article? Um, well, pizza's going to sweep the nation. And she said, I need to get that bar out of there. And so why don't you put a pizza place there? And what are your memories from, like, starting the original little pizzeria? Was it... A lot of work. Did uh, you know crowds? You know, fill it up. Yeah, it, it was 500 square foot building, and uh, we, which is very small. So, what we did, my brother and I. I was 26. Frank was 19. My brother and I borrowed 500 dollars from my mom's, and this. It's what it took to open the first pizza. We uh, obviously we were well acquainted in the neighborhood because we had the Carney's Market and right next door. So the original business that came in came from the neighborhood, which we were about three blocks away from that original pizza. So we really had the backing of the community. And at that time, there was a lot of action as far as the high schools were concerned. And we had family that was going to the various high schools and colleges. I was studying for a, a master's degree. And my brother Frank was out at Wichita State. And he was he was working in engineering. So we had really a lot of local acquaintances. Uh, the recipe came from 
an airman who had been in Bloomington, Indiana, working in a pizza hut. So uh, we offered him a partnership. So we started off each one of us had owning a third of the operation. And the acceptance was, you know, almost immediate as far as um, it was brand new to the to Wichita at that time. That's great. Do you do you remember how much a pizza cost back then? Uh, let's see. A tennis was ninety five cents to a dollar thirty, and uh, a twelve inch was like a, a buck fifty to two fifty. Um, and, and how soon after opening did you realize maybe this master's degree that I'm in school for uh, isn't isn't what's in the cards for me in the future? I'm going to focus on this, uh, you know, pizza business. Well, yeah, I was. I had a wife and uh, three kids at that time with another one on the way, and so uh, even though I was getting some GI money for my master's degree, it was. Probably the first casualty. A full-time job was really what I was looking for. I I didn't like working at Boeing, although I had done some original computer work in an accounting firm. I was there for two and a half to three years. But my dad had told me early on that what you want to do if you can is be in business for yourself because you can... You can dictate as to what your success is. So I'd always wanted to be in business for myself. And my brother Frank at that time, you know, he said, well, yeah, I'll work a full time too. That's great. Um, you know, this was obviously well before, like, the fast food revolution in America. You know, I think a lot of people would have been content, you know, just owning and operating you know, one pizzeria. But I understand that you guys, you know, started to expand and franchise, uh, you know, almost immediately. Tell me, um, you know, how that occurred. Okay, so when I was in the service, I read a lot about uh, budding franchises, say Dairy Queen, um, uh, Kentucky Fried was just uh, kicking off, McDonald's was kicking off, and I I had read about franchising, and I was fascinated by that. So then when our first place took off, you know, within two years, we had, I'd started licensing. I started joint venturing to begin with, but then I started working the franchise and we had a lot of local people. You know, the ease of entry was like, for two or $3,000, you, you know, you could, you could set up set up an operation in the existing unit, and you know my ambition was to put as many pizza huts in as I could, and I, the, only, the way to do that was that I needed uh, capital to come in, and I needed people, and so franchising really offered both of those things to me. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, when you started to expand, how do you like kind of approach uh, like maintaining quality? Like when you had just one place, it was easy to you know oversee everything. But as there were more and more locations, did you ever 
you know, worry about things like that? Well, I think we put a lot of emphasis on controlling the supplies. Mm-hmm. And we, one of the advantages as far as franchising was concerned was the fact that we could, with more units, obviously, we could get cheaper prices and maintain the overall quality in, in, in the product itself. And the expansion on the franchising kind of went in a circular motion going out from Wichita to the surrounding states of Missouri, Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska. It kind of went out that way in the beginning, and we were actually delivering food to the various locations all over the state. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I'm curious, when did delivery become like a big part of the the, the business model? It was, oh my goodness. We were probably in business at least 20 years before delivery became a factor. In fact, we weren't delivering. We were primarily eating and carry out until our competition, which was Domino's and uh, let's see, what was the other one? Godfather's mm-hmm. uh, started strictly delivery operations. So, and we, so we had to uh, tune up and and form the delivery situation. We were not first in the marketplace as far as the, the delivery is concerned. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and and let's jump ahead to to the the late 1970s. Uh, tell me about the decision to sell the company and kind of what factored into uh, you know that decision and, and deciding that the timing was right then. The thought process there was that, you know, Pepsi was a, a really good marketing company and that we were, we had a weakness there as far as we were doing marketing, but I wasn't very, we weren't very happy with that. And we thought, you know, with uh, selling to Pepsi uh, would be a heck of a good idea because Pepsi could take it the next step. The fact that we got a double off of what we thought it was worth was also very <laughs> inviting. In fact, we had a board of directors at that time, and they said, you know, you guys, if you get this price, um, how can you turn it down? And right. Pepsi at that time, of course, had uh, Kentucky Fried and Pizza and Taco Bell, they were lining up the whole all the fast food industries, uh, or the, you know the big, the ones that had the, the uh, most units. Exactly. Um, and what was your involvement with the company following the sale? I still wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I did not. I was offered it. A seat on the board of directors of Pepsi, and I said, "No, I don't want to do that." My brother Frank said, "Yes, you know, I'll take the seat and work, you know, with Pepsi on an on an international basis." So I just decided I'm really I like to start things and make them work. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, the day-to-day business was uh, it just wasn't my bag. Gotcha, gotcha. And obviously, like, you know, this was your, you know, baby. Um, you know, after the company was sold, are there any, like, business decisions or marketing decisions um, that you either really liked or, or didn't like that, you know, Pepsi rolled out? I'd have to say one of the most important things we had was our relationship with our franchisees. Mm-hmm. And with, with the emphasis on quality, of course, but there are there sound personal relations. And uh, there was some, quite a bit of trauma when, when Pepsi came in and with their own ideas on how to run the operation. So I was, you know, I was blessed with not being there <laughs> when when that took place because it alienated a lot of the franchisees. But then, you know, Pepsi did a good job with it. I mean, their marketing and their ability to move it on, I have no complaint about. Um, I would love to, um, you know, hear about Frank. What was your, uh, you know, relationship like with Frank? you know, when you started the business and just kind of, you know, working with your brother for so many years? Well, you know, it was only 20 or 25. It was from 58 to 78 mm-hmm. when Pepsi bought us out. It's it a long time. I, <laughs> yeah, no, yes, it is. <laughs> but, when, but I was the one that really had the business experience when it first started out. Frank was 19. And so... It was a big brother, little brother thing until he experienced and got experience enough. But then uh, we were complementary rather than uh, to a point where we were rivals. Sure. So I, I think our relationship was good. I mean, both of us got on with people very well. So, And I could we could divide up what was happening because you had – the operation of running the franchising um, you know, on the business part, and you had uh, Frank kind of took over the operation as far as the expansion was concerned. We probably made over 250 millionaires out of the little pizza operation that we started. So that's amazing. How how when the business sold, how many Pizza Hut locations were there at that time? Do you okay. Yes. Here's what happened on the when the business sold, there were 250 stores out there. We only owned 15 of the stores. So when we decided that yes, we wanted to go public, then and at that time it was pretty much pretty much me at that time because Frank was still in a learning process, mm-hmm. but. We took, of the 250 stores, we offered all the stores ownership in the upcoming public company so that they took, the franchisees took half of of them agreed, yes, they would go. The other half, it it was their option. If I could... Maybe explain that a little bit. 
there was a the price earnings ratio at that time was about twenty times what you can what you could get for a pizza place if you sold it was about five times mm-hmm. so that if I offered them ten times, they get a two for one kick and we get a two for one kick. Yeah, pretty good deal for everyone. <laughs> so this is what happened. And within a period of about two weeks, we made the public offering to them. And then, and this was a, a crucial timing problem, but, and then two weeks later, we went public for the second time. So the, we made one public offering to bring 125 stores in, and I'm rounding numbers out. And then we did another public offering, which we took public funds. So that our original offering price was $16. Mm-hmm. So that it went up to $36 right away, and then went down to $4 immediately after that. But we had already turned the operation around, and you know, within a year, we were back in 16 to 20 level. So it was an exciting time. Great, yeah, for sure. A um, couple more questions. I, I guess one question I have for you is, you know, I know you've you know probably done a lot of interviews over the years. Are there any stories that you've never? you know, shared before, either about Frank or the business um, that come to mind? Ouch. You know, I'm not good at that. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think then the the last question I have for you is I'm curious. I know you, you know, really weren't directly, uh, you know, involved in the business post-sale, but how often do you – Pizza Hut these days, and uh, you know, you always have to pay for your pies. <laughs> okay, well, uh, after I sold a Pepsi, I was involved with two franchises. You know, one was for the state of Florida, and I became a franchisee, and uh-huh. so I was involved. Again, we sold those stores to Pepsi after we developed those stores. And then I was involved with another franchise, which is in Mexico and, and it kind of spread out all over. So I went, I went, what would you say? I had a second dip with them as far as being a franchisee. We sold to Pepsi at, for, you know, the same type of, of upgrade we, that we had, that we gave the original people. So I was involved probably for at least five or six years after we sold to Pepsi as a franchisee. Gotcha. You're a good interviewer, you know what? I I appreciate I appreciate that. Um so so do you eat Pizza Hut like two days anymore? Um uh, franchisees. I'm you know, they they were good personal friends from that point in time on. So I I was aware and and they were 
you know, very good friends. Yeah. Uh, no, that makes sense. I, I guess I'm curious, like, if you ever go into just a pizza hut while you're traveling and you ever lean over to the customer oh, and yeah. say, I found it, I founded this place. <laughs> well, yeah, in fact, when we were traveling in China, uh, we, we walked into one of those places, you know, they're just little tiny people. I mean, and uh, but when we walked in, uh, they took me to the back room, and there on the on the wall was the story of Pizza. Now it began, and so we we had a good time with them. I had the same thing in the Dominican Republic, and then in uh, uh, Costa Rica. We went into the ones in in London and Germany. And, Yes, yes, we did identify with those. That's amazing to to, to see your footprint um, all around the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's God's blessing. I mean, we just right time in the right place with a good product. Um, well, look, Ben, you've been very gracious <coughs> with your time. I, I really uh, appreciate you taking the time. To Chad, it's, it's a fascinating, you know, career and, and really exciting to, you know, hear about the early days and kind of, uh, you know, taking me through the, the trajectory of, of what became of, of the business. So, um, you know, again, my condolences about, you know, Frank's passing recently and, um, you know. That was sad because, you know, he was 10 years with Alzheimer's. It just with no quality of life in the last four or five at all. So it, you know, it was God's blessing that he that he passed on. He's a good, good friend, good brother. Mm-hmm.